Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. And here we are today. I am. Again, more super excited because we have someone who can walk the walk and talk the talk. Um, oh, uh, 97 world champion under NABBA. Uh, we've got Grant Mayo in the house today. And he's not only mastered the world champions of bodybuilding, he's now taking over well, taken over Australia um, with his brand that everyone would have known. My first uh, supplement warehouse I went into, nutrition warehouse. And yeah, we're going to kind of break down where he kind of went from world champion bodybuilder into taking over Australia in one of the biggest nutrition retail stores. So welcome to the podcast, Grant. Thanks, Jake. Pleasure to be here and uh, excited and thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Perfect. And what we're going to do to kick off for those people that haven't really like, they've probably seen the brand, but they don't know the face behind the brand. Give us a little bit of a rundown on kind of how you got into the fitness industry um, and kind of what it was like back back then? Yeah, sure. Um, um, well, I guess uh, I started uh, my fitness journey when I was around 20 years old, uh, 2021. Um, I actually think it was my 21st birthday and uh, someone brought me a little weight set. And, um, you know, if I could go back uh, till I was 21, which was a few years ago now, showing my age, Jake, <laughs> it's, um, um, I was a very, I'm only five foot seven, so I'm quite, I'm quite short. Um, so I was also very skinny as well. So I always wanted, um, to be bigger and obviously I get sand kicked in my face and, uh, but I always loved the look of bodybuilding and, um, I always looked at other guys or, uh, you know, around the gyms or, uh, walking through the streets going, wow, you know, like they got great physiques. Um, and I guess someone brought me a weight set for my uh, 21st birthday and I was like, you know, I'm going to start this weight training. So I just started, you know, doing it in my bedroom and so forth. Uh, and then a few mates said, you know, we should go to the gym. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go to the gym, you know. And look, when I was 21, that's uh, 30 years ago. So, you know, we didn't have World's Gym, Jets, Anytime Fitness. You know, gyms were very far in between and they were probably as big as your bedroom, Jake, you know, not very big. There was sweaty guys and heavy weights and, and that was about it. So um, I ended up going uh, to uh, Viking Fitness Centre in Newcastle and that's where I'm born and originated from and uh, spent most of my youth in Newcastle until I was age 30. And, um, yeah, I started going to the gym and lifting weights and um, a lot of my mates come with me at the time. And after a few months, they sort of stopped going and um, I noticed my body changing. I was like, wow, I, I think I like this bodybuilding thing, you know. And um, my passion started from that, from you know, those first few short months of, of training, uh, watching my body develop, you know, getting a little bit larger. And after about 18 months of training, a few people said, you should compete. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure about competing. I'm lucky I'm in the gym at all, uh, let alone competing. Is if I'm going to get up on stage in those skinny little underwear and, uh, you know, with no clothes on, I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. But obviously, 
you know, history tells us that it did happen. And about 18 months later, after about three years of training, I, um, I jumped on stage at my first bodybuilding comp uh, down in Wollongong in 1993. Um, I was probably, um, like I started, my, my, I probably started around 50 kilo, ringing wet at five foot seven. So I was very slight of frame. And I jumped on stage in the under 70s um, and competed. And um, I, like I said, I went down to Wollongong because I was a little bit embarrassed to jump on stage in front of my family and friends. So I took my girlfriend and my best mate down at the time and went down to Wollongong. Um, it was the IFBB um, show, uh, under 70s. And, you know, to my surprise, I walked away with the under 70s and novice. Oh, wow. Uh, and that really... Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that, that really blew me away because um, I guess I'm not. A, I was never a confident uh, in my early days. Um, people might say that's changed, but <laughs> I definitely wasn't very confident when I was 21 and and slight of frame and and uh, only short as well. So gave me a lot of confidence, boosted my uh, confidence, and then um, I thought, well, if I can win that on my first show after three years, what else can I do? So. Uh, I just set, like any great bodybuilder, I just set my sights and thought, okay, well, I'm going to continue to train in the gym and I'm going to compete next year and this is the show I'm going to do. And I competed year after year uh, in the IFBBs for a couple of years, uh, getting up to um, second in the Mr. Australia's about two or three times. Yeah, well. And then... Um, propelled myself. Then I met one of my best mates, Shane Stratton, who was Mr. Universe, and uh, really showed me how to train and, and diet and what to eat. Um, and I thank him for that. You know, I sort of went from 70 kilo to 85 kilo in, in a couple of years. And I went to NABA. He's sort of like, well, you know, the IFBB is great and it's a great federation today and it still is. Um, but if you win a trove, you know, you're only going to win a trophy. Even if you win the, even if you win the nationals of the pro card, you're just going to go home, you know, with that trophy. And a pro card that you probably can't use. And he said something that stuck in my brain, you know, it was like, you want to be the, the worst pro or the best amateur? Mm. So basically I didn't have the genetics to be like a, a Lee Priest or someone of that caliber. Um, and Lee's from Newcastle. So, you know, he used to train over there in the corner and I'd look at him and go, oh my God. So um, I, I resonated with that and thought, okay, well, I can probably be a, a top amateur, but I'm probably not going to be a, a great pro. And realistically, my vision was never to be a pro bodybuilder. Uh, what I had to do and to get there was, was never in my sights. Uh, so I went to NABA um, because you get to travel. You know, each year they were offering trips to various uh, countries and um, I'd never really travelled before. So in 1997, fast forward to 97, I competed in the uh, NABA, um, NABA New South Wales, it was. And yeah. um, I, I won the overall there. Um, and that, um, then I went to the NABRA Nationals a couple of weeks later and won the uh, um, under-90s and the overall. Um, and then um, they handed me a ticket and said, hey, Grant, you're off to Greece to the world titles. I'm like, I don't have a passport, man. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even been on a plane. Like, again, back in, uh, you know, 97, you know, Jetstar and Virgin were just not around and getting on a plane was um, not as easy as it is today. Although today it's become hard again to get on a plane, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, uh, my first plane trip was um, 
to to Greece with uh, about 12 other bodybuilders, including including Christine Enville, uh, which a name that probably a lot of people know. Yeah. Um, we're all cram packed on this plane, and we'll sit next to bodybuilders, mm. shoulder to shoulder, and eating our egg whites. Back then, you could take all the food on. No, it was a crazy time. You know, we're sitting there eating our egg whites. People looking at us funny. Um, they still look at us funny all these years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, and then I went to the world titles, and um, you know, on that plane, um, you know, I was talking to Bill Bryson, etc. Uh, great bodybuilder from back in the day and he was like you know if I get top six I'll be happy and I was like yep if I get top six I'll be stoked and um, you know fast forward to the actual show and um, there's some videos on YouTube if anyone wants to go have a look and yeah it was to my surprise you know I I got in the top six and um, the top six only got to do the routine so um, that's why we wanted to get in the top six and do actually the actual routine because there's like 40 people in the lineup in the uh, in the number worlds and you know in, um, in sixth place in fifth place in fourth in second and i'm like shit i'm still <laughs> fucking standing i'm right here next to this guy from germany you know and we uh we clutched hands together and i'm like shit and then they mentioned his german name which i have no idea what it is mm-hmm. and i was the last person there and that video is there and you can see the shock and just fell on my face because um you know in from uh, first comp in 93 to 97, you know, that I am a world champion in, in a foreign country and um, a bit of disbelief. Um, so it was a really great journey and um, that's really what got me, to answer your question, into the fitness in- industry. Um, I think that was the pinnacle of 97 for me. I won many shows around that 97, like five shows in a row and then off to Greece to win the world title, just chopped it off and um, I probably went, yeah, that's that's probably about it for me. Although I kept competing up until two thousand and four, yeah. I um I probably that was probably the uh, the glory year for me. That's so, so yeah, so that's what got me into the fitness industry. It was really the bodybuilding, the yeah. consistency, the training. Um, you know, I, I really had a, a, a love for bodybuilding uh, and still do. Obviously, you know, my goals have changed over the years as you get older. Things change. Um, but bodybuilding for over a decade was something I'd done, you know, eight, slept, breathe every day. If you spoke to me about the weather, I would turn that into bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of, a lot of people that compete now um, are probably in, in that, in that, that position still. Um, the biggest thing that like, I watched that video of your final in Greece and um, what like kind of surprised me was even though it was 97 and it was pre-internet, pre all that, but the quality of the athletes were unreal and what you look like and, and that like you were looking insane, like it would have been insanely still competitive to this day. So like how did your kind of, without the internet and things like that, where a lot of people go for that for advice, where did you get a lot of your advice from back then? Yeah, yeah, great question, Jake. Um, look, magazines. I mean, I had a, a love uh, for the magazines and all the athletes in them. So, um, you know, Dorian Yates, Sean Ray, Lee Priest, Chris Cormier, um, Flex Wheeler, all the olden day bodybuilders. Making myself sound old, man, olden day. <laughs> but yeah, but to me, all, all the all the legends of the sport, um, and obviously there's still great legends today but obviously i resonate with those guys because of my era and um, every magazine so i was definitely the kid at the magazine store going into um the news agencies like you know is muscle mag out yet you know is health is 
every magazine I could buy um, available. And they'd be like, no, it's not in yet. And I'd be like, ah, oh, man. So I'll be just sucking out information from all the magazines that I could purchase. Uh, so I still remember the day I threw out all my magazines. I probably had about 400 magazines. And I got to a point where bodybuilding was over and I threw them all out. But sometimes I wish I should have kept them. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, look, magazines and then um, leading up to the comps, um, we had a, a great culture uh, in the 90s with, with other bodybuilders. So I'd be ringing all my competitors um, on a weekly basis or they'd be ringing me and we would just be um, talking about, you know, what are we doing? How are we training? How are we looking? And, you know, a lot of the times it was trying to psych each other out and uh, yeah. a lot of people would psych me out. You know, it's like when you're dieting and you're six weeks out and someone rings you and goes, oh, man, I've put on seven kilo and, you know, I'm this percentage body fat and, you know, I hate to say it, Mayo, you're not going to win this time. And, you know, you can let that sink into your head, but um, sometimes I've done the opposite too. But, look, it was phone calls. It was camaraderie, you know, with other people and just um, talking to them, building great relationships, magazines, and, um, you know, buying every book like Dorian Yates, Sean Ray, you know, the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. That's all we had back then, Jake. So that's all we could use. So we just used the tools that we could at the time. And just like today's listeners are using the tools that they have, you know, which is obviously social media, internet. You know, there's a wealth of information these days that is at everyone's fingertips. So, but um, yeah, that's how we got the information. Just old school, man. Crazy. At least like be, being in that, like you kind of know that you've only got one way to follow. So if you're reading a, something through a, like a diet plan of, of a magazine, that's all you're going to follow. Where I guess these days it's like there's so many different things. If it's keto, if it's this, if it's that. And like so many people almost discredit like the old school type of uh, easy ways. But I guess now it's so much easier with things, products like uh, protein ice creams and like, it's even funny in my time of bodybuilding, people like kind of whinge when they're like competing. And I'm like, you have good tasting protein bars. Like back when I started, <laughs> protein bars tasted like cardboard, um, which you would have seen such a huge evolution of the fitness industry. How, how would you find, say, like the fitness industry as a whole has kind of converted? So you would have been in the industry just before like what I would call like their whole dot-com bubble where it just absolutely exploded um probably around like the 2005 to 2010 ish um mark how, how would you find from the 90s i guess like bodybuilding would have been a little bit more outcasted from society than it is now um but the industry itself was there an industry at all or was it just so super niche um look you know if you go back to the uh early 90s um when I first started, you know, there were, uh, there were no supplement stores. Um, there were no expos in Australia, like, you know, like the Arnold Classic, for, for example, or, or Phylex um, before that. Um, there was uh, obviously health food stores to buy your supplements. Um, and um, there was bodybuilding shows. You know, and the biggest bodybuilding show back then would have been uh, the IFBB Winner Pro Card, which only gave away one per year. Um, so I, I guess it's, it's changed immensely over the years, you know, obviously we have now, you know, wealth of expos, you know, obviously we talk pre COVID, but yeah. a wealth of, wealth, a wealth of expos, 
um, and opportunities for everybody. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's really changed dramatically <clears throat> over the years. Excuse me, I'm just gonna have some more water here, Jay, for a carpet. <laughs> Wouldn't make for a good show. Um, so yeah, look, the whole industry's changed immensely um, from from the day that um, um, the expo started to come out. Obviously, social media hits, uh, internet. Um, you know, the first stuff from the store um, <clears throat> that was around was really you know back in you know Ada Street, you know, which was probably nine to probably two thousand. You know, so that's twenty years ago. Um, so. It's exploded over the over the last decade, like you said, from 2000 to 2020, <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's been great to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. That's right. While you're drink, drinking that water, so kind of going out into now, starting to go through your bodybuilding, you've won that world title. Um, at what point did you kind of decide that you were going to kind of more convert to the business side um, of like of the industry? Was it more that like the longevity in bodybuilding wasn't going to be sustainable or because you would have been in your early 30s as you're kind of converting into that? Like, what, Where was that spark of that idea where you've kind of found that little niche? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it was around 2000 and I retired from bodybuilding. I'd done my last year in 2000 and I was still in Newcastle and um, I was a little bit lost to be honest. You know, I'd done my last show and, um, you know, still done quite well, thank God. And, but I guess after doing it for seven, eight years, you know, competing year after year, I sort of thought, well, what can I do now? And um, I was just doing odd jobs. I was uh, working in security at the time. And um, a friend of mine, Ari, uh, who owns Empire Fitness Center or runs the WBFF, yeah. rang me and said, hey, I'm opening a gym called uh, EFC on the Gold Coast. Why don't you come and um, be a personal trainer? And I'm like, but I'm not a personal trainer. <laughs> He's like, well, we'll just get your certificate and, you know, and uh, come to the gym. You'll be great. You know? um, and so I packed my car up and all my world in the loans. I was um, in 2000, said goodbye to my family and friends and said, look, I'm just going to go give this a try for six, 12 months. I may or may not be back. And I drove um, and started working at the gym as a personal trainer, body by Mayo. Yeah. And uh, look, I, I soon realized that um, being in the gym myself and um, um, being sort of married to the gym and then being back in there to train people, was like overkill for me. It was like, oh man, I was seeing too much of the gym. So uh, um, I decided to leave um, the gym and uh, I started as a, uh, a sales consultant for um, a little small startup called Southern Blue, which was a little startup uh, supplement wholesaler selling, you know, creatines and glutamines and um, crude proteins that didn't mix and. Uh, mostly caseins that you shake up and turn the shaker upside down and they'd stay in there. Um, but look, you know, they were ahead of their time and, uh, you know, they obviously want to be an ex-former world champion. They thought that, that that would help boost sales. So my job was to travel around and, um, and uh, you know, look for supplement stores and uh, health food stores that would stock any of their products. Um, 
And I guess it's uh, in that realm of um, doing that, that the penny dropped. And I went, okay, so there's no supplement stores on the Gold Coast. There's only one in Brisbane. I'm an ex-world champion bodybuilder. If people are buying supplements off me because I'm you know, a sales consultant, ex-world champion, why don't I just open up my own supplement store? Yeah. You know, and then people will come to me and then get advice about uh, how to look a certain way or how to train, uh, meal plans, and I can sell them supplements as well. Uh, and that's how I got into the, into the business of supplements. And that's how I you know, sort of come out of the bodybuilding and sort of went, you know, I, I love bodybuilding. I still do today, but it was a point in time where you know, it was diminishing returns. It was like, why do I keep doing this, you know, for close to a decade? And yes, I'm getting to travel and win trophies and that's great. Um, but it's not going to set me up for the future. I don't want to be 40, you know, 50 years old and like still competing, trying to win comps. I think there's a point in time where I realized that this is enough for me. You know, I've accomplished, you know, winning the world title was probably something I never thought even close to being possible. And achieving that goal probably made me realize that, well, there's other things to life than, you know, being in the gym hours and eating for hours. So what else? So I started to look for different things to do. And that's, you know, when Ari said come up to the Gold Coast, that's how I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do this because I was searching for something new to do. Mm. Um, and that's obviously, you know, when I started working uh, for Southern Blue, that definitely propelled me to, to you know, my antenna was out and going, okay, well, I'm going to open up a supplement store and, um, you know, and get into business. And, um, and, you know, initially it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to have, you know, a hundred and hundred stores Australia wide. I was like, Hey, I'm just going to have one store and, um, you know, make a jump for myself and, uh, see if this actually works. Um, so that was my journey out of, um, out of fitness realistically. That was like the point where I'm like, okay, it's time to move away from bodybuilding and into something else that I'm really passionate about. Uh, and at the time, I had no idea if I'd be passionate about business or, or doing my own business, but I needed to do something. And, you know, that was the epiphany that day. So um, I had a few problems, Jake. I had no money. I had about 500 bucks to my name. And, uh, you know, I was early 30s. So, you know, I looked um, around and asked mum and, you know, the bank's going to borrow some money. I've got this idea and they're all like, where's your business plan? I'm like, what the fuck's a business plan? <laughs> like, like, uh, so look, I went to, um, uh, I went to a friend of mine, um, Simon Reese, who, uh, who owns ASN and we started, uh, and co-founded ASN together. Yeah. So in 2000, 2002, uh, Simon was good enough to, um, loan the money uh, on the stipulation that we're 50-50 business partners. So I thought it was a great idea. And um, we founded ASN or Australian Sports Nutrition. And um, that was really the, the beginning of the journey for me for, um, for getting into business and, and sports supplements. Obviously, the short, short story is that, yes, Simon and I did part ways after about four or five years of ASN. And um, Simon's gone on to do great things. And... Um, you know, I uh, left and decided to open Nutrition Warehouse and go into competition with ASN. And, you know, a lot of people ask, why did you do that? You had, you know, ASN was a great brand. You had all these shops at the time. 
And the simple answer is that we had different visions. And, um, you know, a vision is really where you want to go and what the store should look like, you know, our mission. And Simon's was completely different to mine. Uh, and no disrespect to Simon or ASN, I just couldn't go that way. So I decided to, to, to bail and, and start again. And that's the best decision I ever made. And um, Warehouse was born. Yeah. And the craziest thing about that is like ASN's doing really well as well. So it's like you're both like going from bringing it to where, where it kind of is as well, probably pre and then going again, restart and then doing the same thing. So like, I guess what, what were the main lessons you learned from ASN that then you took to opening that first store at Nutrition Warehouse? So I guess like yeah, great. would have been in the back of your head from that. Um, I guess you would have had the structure and all of those things. Well, you'd think so, Jake. <laughs> look, um, look, you know, if I start from the beginning, I knew nothing about business when I opened up ASN, you know, with Simon. Um, we, um, we started with, you know, with $20,000, we had uh, a counter, we had a cash box, we had no computer, we had a, five shells with some supplements on them. And that was really uh, how we started. And um, it was really just, every day learning, you know, you know, obviously someone would come and do my books and I would learn how to do that. How do I learn to turn on the computer? My girlfriend at the time was like, you don't know how to turn on the computer. I'm like, it's just 2002, man. What are computers? Like, we didn't even have them. Everyone, you guys grow up with them. You're so lucky. But, um, um, so yeah, it was really, how do we do this? How do we learn marketing? How do we learn about branding? How do we learn about, you know, customer service? So I really, like I did with bodybuilding, I just went back to, well, okay, well, how did I get from, you know, a skinny little uh, kid to a Mr. World? You know, I listened, I learned, I sucked information out of people, I read books, I read everything I could, I listened to everyone I could, and I took bits and pieces um, of everybody to what I thought was reasonable and, and would work. Um, so I've done the same thing. I listened to the bookkeeper, I listened to... How do I use the computer? What systems do I need? What brands do I need? I listened to sales reps, um, you know, from Body Science to Redback at the time. And all they were great helping me learning about supplementation. You know, in the early days, um, uh, God love him, Paul Green, who works for Max's to this day, he put a little chart behind the back counter there, which is actually protein. Why protein concentrate is... 80% protein, 10, you know, 5% fat. WPI is 90% protein, 2% fat. You know, casein protein is slow releasing and just a little short blurb. So when I'm talking to customers and they're like, what's WPI? We just look at that and that's what it is. So just like bodybuilding, I just I was self-taught, self-learned and um, knew that it took to, to get this off the ground. So some of the things I learned in the early days is like, you know, resilience, consistency, turning up every day. Um, knew I couldn't get sick. Um, tried to live as healthy as I could. Um, and was there for the customers and, and learned and read as much as I could. So to answer your question, what did I take to Nutrition Warehouse? Well, all those skills that I've learned along the way. And, um, and obviously I've learned more along the way as well. But um, 
you know, just making sure from day one that Nutrition Warehouse had a website, it had a great brand, it had a great story, mm. um, it had a great look and feel. Uh, you know, my vision for Nutrition Warehouse was always, you know, um, big box retail. So some of our stores aren't the biggest, but if you, anyone's ever walked into some of our larger stores, it's a bit of a wow factor. You know, I really want to for people to understand that we've got the world's biggest brands, um, the best products, and um, if we don't have it, probably no one else is going to have it. Yeah. And um, so a bit like bodybuilding. You hop on the stage and you want people to go, whoa, what the hell is that? Mm. That's how I wanted to look on, on stage for bodybuilding. Um, I didn't care if I was pretty or not. I just wanted to make jaws drop. And I think that's the same uh, analogy I took for Nutrition Warehouse. I want people to walk in and go, wow, you know, looks good, feels good, great service and um, great branding and a, a wow factor. Shit, these guys get everything. And um, so some of the lessons I learned, um, I took with me and some I dismissed and started all over again. Yeah. And that's something I'm finding through this podcast is like the people that go into business as a bodybuilder almost have that edge and they keep like, you never lose that competitive edge of kind of, you've been down the dark times where you can train when it's absolute shit, but then that's almost converted to the business side as well. And you something you never lose as a bodybuilder. So like when you're going into and you're expanding through nutrition warehouse, where do you kind of get to the point where it's like, Oh, this isn't enough. You're always kind of on another store. I want to keep expanding, expanding and like filling that need out versus the person that kind of gets to, this will do and I'll settle here. Well, never. <laughs> the, the answer is never, Jake. Unfortunately, my, I say unfortunately, my personality type is that I'm never satisfied. So I'll give you an example. Um, I still remember very clearly, I won the 1997 world titles. I um, come home, jumped in the shower, got out of the shower, looked in the mirror and went, how the fuck did I win that? Like, my cars weren't big enough. This wasn't big enough. This wasn't good enough. Um, so back to the gym I went to improve those body parts. Um, and that mentality has served me well for many years uh, in business as well. So, you know, I could have, when I first started from my house, it was definitely, look, I'll be happy with 10 stores. So if I get 10 stores, I'll be ecstatic. Now there's probably not a number. I don't want to put a ceiling on it. You know, we're at 73 stores today. Our vision is to have 120 Australia-wide. Um, but it's like bodybuilding. Why stop? You don't go to the gym to lift lighter weights. You go to the gym to lift heavier weights or obviously train harder, um, et cetera, et cetera. So the same in business. So um, we turn up every day, the team, and we're like, you know, how can we be better? What, where's the gaps? What's our competition doing? we should be doing this. So we're always strategizing of how to improve nutrition warehouse. And realistically, I put everything back to bodybuilding, just what a bodybuilder does. Mm. We're just trying to improve our physiques every day we go to the gym. That's why we eat good, that's why we train hard, that's why we sleep, that's what we do what we do. And um, I think a great bodybuilder is probably never satisfied. Yeah. And I'm never, satis I'm never satisfied in business. And like I said, Sometimes I don't like myself for that because it is great to smell the roses and obviously we do along the way, but we don't smell them for very long. We probably have a sniff. <laughs> we keep going. Yeah, which is interesting about you that 
you've got that competitive drive still in, but then everything, every like person I talk to and what we have mutual friends do say that you're the most amazing personal kind of person to deal with. And like face to face, like the accolades keep coming. They're like, you got to talk to Grant. You got to do the Grant. Even when like we, we very briefly met all of the people I, I got worked through through Cellucor are just like Grant's the man. So it's like, balancing that competitive drive without burning your bridges and all of those type of things as well. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously I'm pretty sure anyone that speaks uh, kind of me, I'm sure there's some that don't, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but look, you know, obviously, um, I guess it comes down to personality type. My personality type has always been driven. Yes, but I've always been fun as well. And, uh, obviously, love building relationships with people and understanding that uh, everyone's on a different journey. And um, just because they're not on my journey doesn't mean um, that, you know, we can't have a laugh and, and, and sit at the table and have a beer together. Um, so, yeah, look, I've, I've always had a, a, a very um, outward personality and um, I never, and I think a lot of that did come from bodybuilding. I mean, when I was younger, I was definitely quite shy and reserved and not confident at all. And obviously, bodybuilding helped me um, push and change my personality. Um, but I've always kept those um, traits of being humble and uh, honest and, and, and hardworking. And, um, and I appreciate those around me. You know, the, the main reason for success in Nutrition Warehouse really is the team that we've built. You know, obviously, yes, I started Nutrition Warehouse. You know, you may say I'm the visionary where we want to go, but there's a wealth of people that, you know, stand alongside me that um, work hard or harder than I do every day to make sure Nutrition Warehouse, you know, stays on that path. So I'm like the gym where I was there by myself or with a training partner pushing weights around and, you know, eating meals so, uh, solo. Uh, you have a whole team of people come to the gym with you going, come on, Mayo, two more reps, one more rep. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Yeah. The best... Uh like now, I guess, say you say you want to open 120 stores, um, you've taken off that world champion. The difference now, I guess, is for people sitting around my age that are looking to get into it, they're slowly coming up to their early 30s. How do you balance work with, I know you have a family as well, where you, I, I listen to a lot of things and people are like, well, even having a relationship is going to take away from this. Um, so how did you kind of balance coming out in your late thirties and then I guess the family would have been not, not too far down, down the track, but that didn't take away from the main vision. Yeah. I uh, look, um, look, like, um, it's a good question. Like in the early days, um, I probably didn't balance it. And, um, you know, obviously I did have uh, relationship breakups in the early days. Um, and obviously as I've nutrition warehouse has excelled and, um, you know, I've learnt more and feel more secure in what I'm doing and then in myself, then obviously my personality wasn't as um, um, concerned. So definitely in the early days of Nutrition Warehouse, you know, I was probably a bit high strung and um, those around me probably felt that. Mm. And, but obviously I didn't know how to control. Um, I was trying to achieve something. I was trying to jump on stage, I guess, and compete before I could walk with Nutrition Warehouse. Um, and yes, I was nervous and ensuring that it did work. Uh, obviously, 12 years on with Nutrition Warehouse, um, 
and a great team behind me, then you know the confidence levels are, are, are very high. Um, my attitudes um, quieten down, and then um, it's a lot easier to to get through a, a day. But um, you know, I, I I really think it's about balance too. You know, I hear all these people saying, "Oh, you know, you know, like um, as much as I love Gary V and you know hustle and work all these hours, I've never done that." I've, you know, created Nutrition Warehouse, um, take out the first two years and, you know, I get to work at nine o'clock and I leave at 4.30, um, five days a week. So, because I do have a family to, you know, obviously when kids want to see their father and, uh, and, uh, need that balance between work. Um, you know, I look at it a few ways, I guess, balance between work balance between family, balance between friends, and a balance between myself. So I definitely want to have time for Grant to do what I want to do. Mm. Um, obviously for Nutrition Warehouse, obviously for my family and for my friends. So that's my circle there. And I try and allocate enough time for all those circles. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely smart. So with your kids growing up, this is kind of a question I asked everyone and I just worded differently for each person. So. If you were to give your kids three of your traits, this is going back from being a world champion bodybuilder to taking over Australia with uh, like Nutrition Warehouse, what would be the three, three main traits that you would want your kids to pick up or pass on to? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I would say the first one would be resilient. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm very resilient. You can throw a lot at me before it breaks me. Um, not saying I can't be broken. I can. <laughs> but uh, resilience is very important. And I do worry about my kids growing up in this world um, of lacking, lacking resilience because um, everything's sort of handed to them, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, COVID, as much as it... Um, uh, is devastating to the whole world and you know definitely wish it would not be here it's definitely going to build a bit more character and resilience for a lot of people around the world especially younger kids that um, have never been through anything that um you know our our fathers or grandfathers went through mm. so yes definitely resilience would be one of them um and another one would be consistency yeah be, be consistent in what you do um, so, you know, obviously going to the gym, you can't just go to the gym twice a week and become a world champion or any sort of champion if that's what you want to do. Um, so be consistent in what you do, find something you want to do and be consistent in it. You know, the go, same goes for, for anything real estate you want to be great at. So whether it's work, you know, um, your partner and, um, and a work-life balance. So be consistent. And, and go after what what you want. Uh, so resilience, consistency. Ooh, one more, Jake. Gosh, what's another trait? Um, empathy would be another one. Yeah. Okay. Be uh, be empathetic to other people. So, like I touched on before, uh, where you obviously said great things about me, and I appreciate that. And uh, but you know, you're going to be empathetic. Like I said, not everybody wanted to be a um, a bodybuilder not everybody wants to be uh, a businessman or succeed in, in anything some people just want to go to work nine to five and um and go home and i've done that for gosh 12 15 years before i started any business 
Um, so yeah, have empathy for other people and understanding, empathy and understanding that not everyone uh, wants to do what you want to do and not everybody is on the same path and um, be empathetic towards their needs as well. As well. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. There's something so different as well. And that's why I like that question because everyone kind of takes it into their own and I guess definitely with, with what experiences people go through, it's a completely different side. Um, and definitely having a family, I think, ground you a lot more as well. Where can people kind of find you, reach out to you, go through your socials, those type of things as well? Yeah, um, look, um, I'm mostly on Instagram, I guess, uh, at Mass Mayo. Yeah, and I'll put that in the show. Uh, um, yeah, at Mass Mayo is probably, probably the easiest one. The best one. I'm not, I'm not very good at ringing, uh, uh, answering uh, phone calls. Anyone calls me, I just, I just look at it and go, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, so I'll stick that in the show notes if everyone wants to ha have a look. Other than that, it's exciting to drive past a new nutrition warehouse. Um, is COVID going to slow you down at all? Uh, look, I think it slowed everybody down, including uh, Nutrition Warehouse. Mm. Um, it's obviously when it first hit, it did obviously slow down Nutrition Warehouse a lot. Uh, um, what we did do that is kept all the stores open. Uh, we decided that, you know, it was bad enough uh, what everyone was going through. We didn't want to obviously um, have our not have our customers access to, you know, uh, what they need in the way of sports nutrition. And we didn't want to uh, let the staff down. So we kept all the stores open. We still have, even in Victoria to this day, all the stores are open. Obviously, we're following strict COVID guidelines. Um, but yeah, we're uh, obviously a, a business that supplies food and we're allowed to stay open. So we're open still. Yeah, that's Not slowing us down. And, um, you know, we've got a, if anything, uh, COVID has made us, uh, me personally and the leadership team at Nutrition Warehouse stop. We can't travel. So, usually traveling a fair bit and um, we're working a lot of other projects behind the scenes to bring you know uh, more great experience to to our consumers yeah that's awesome and i think like so this is kind of almost that tested battle that the, the businesses that survive through this are going to be long haul and they're going to keep growing and it's just going to keep the ball rolling absolutely yeah it's a it's a definitely a, a great test and i obviously have a great empathy and um sadness for all those businesses and all those uh, mums and dads that have gone out of business because they just can't operate now very fortunate that um you know our team can survive through this uh, because um <clears throat> we're an industry that obviously um still needs sports nutrition which is great to see and i think it's only the beginning thanks so much for that today and as always reach out if, if you have any questions for grant but we'll see you guys on the next one